This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Tanya, your host for Feel Better. And today I welcome Rosie Alcolea Yefal. Is that correct? Yes. Rosie, you have a PhD in occupational psychology. You teach at Vision College here in Christchurch, and you're also a member of the Multicultural Committee of Mental Health at Pegasus. Yes, Is that I correct? Am. I'm just making sure I'm, I'm, I'm saying things right. <laughs> But you also teach online, actually, at UTEL, which is University for Adult Learning based yes. in Mexico. Exactly. Uh, I have to say, you have quite an impressive CV. So I've just now been mentioning your background, but I also know that you love film, you love mm, art. Yeah. You've also been having uh, a podcast about story reading and storytelling for children. Yes, I had, I had a program for one year here in Plains. At Plains FM, yeah. so you're quite a regular. <laughs> and last time I met you, you were also having a podcast with Hans, I think, about film. Yes, movie talk as well. Movie. I was invited by him to do some movie talks every now and then. That's really amazing. <laughs> anyway, I will be back to our topic about failure and success. Um, I would like to refer to my previous um, guest, uh, my pen pal, Stacy, who lives in the U.S. She holds a degree in astronomy and homeschools her three daughters as they live quite remotely in New Mexico. I would like to discuss the same topics with you and hear your perspective on the challenges of balancing work and parenthood yes. from a perspective As a, uh, as a parent, but also as a psychologist and your experiences and what you can share about that with okay. us today. First of all, I would like to ask you, where is your situation? Where are you at present? Um, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one, right? Both professionally and on a personal level, what can you share with us today? All right. So professionally, I am very pleased because I finally got a job uh, mm -hmm. teaching psychology here. Mm -hmm at Vision College. And I have been teaching psychology for the Mexican University for the last six years. Mm -hmm. Always online then? Yeah, always guess? online, always mm -hmm. online, which was great for me because it keeps the language going, you know, mm -hmm. when you live out of your country, I even your understand. own language, I know. you lose it. You'd think you'd not lose your mother tongue, but just because of yes, you, do. you do. I you know. do. You, you start forgetting some words or how to say some things. Especially in the professional context, if exactly. it's only limited to your home context. Yes, I'm totally familiar with that one. <laughs> exactly. So I'm very happy that now I got this job teaching uh, psychology for Vision College here. Mm -hmm. I am still a member in the CHAC, in the mm -hmm. Culturally and Linguistically Diverse Multicultural Group uh, for Pegasus. Pegasus for mental health. Mm -hmm. So it's a, an advocacy. Uh, we advocate for mental health and equity mm -hmm. yeah. for the little communities here mm -hmm. in Christchurch. Uh, so professionally, I'm getting there. Like I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing it just part-time mm -hmm. because uh, my personal situation is I separated two years ago, mm -hmm. and that has come with lots of challenges in the professional, both professional and, and personal level. level, yeah. So I have a little 10-year-old boy, mm -hmm. um, the heart of my heart, the, uh, the, <laughs> the, <soul laughs> the eyes of, of my eyes, <laughs> yes, 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 the love of my life. And um, yeah, it has been interesting how do we have to adapt To the new to the new normality for us 
I can imagine. Uh, thinking about that, I just um, in a, my previous program, I also mentioned that to Stacy. I um, I will talk to you about salami days. It was a, a <laughs> comment that a, a single father once told me as well. Do you have that same kind of experience that your days are sliced up between mom, work, mom, work? Or how do you experience you now your new context? I would say, do you feel it's affecting or influencing your way you work or the other way around? How do you notice those changes? I, I, yeah, I know the, the salami um, effect, but for me, that is kind of expected. And actually, I kind of enjoy it because psychologically talking, mm -hmm. I will say more than salami, I will say like it's like a rainbow. You have like nice colors and dark colors, but it's still colors and it's part of the rainbow. And they I together love that metaphor. Do you yes. like it? So they, they together they combine and they produce this beautiful thing in the sky. The mm -hmm. the, the rainbow, right? And so not all colors are the same. So mm -hmm. some colors you will enjoy more than others. I mm -hmm. my favorite one is yellow. <laughs> Very sunny and bright. <laughs> uh, but you will have to go to the red that is very intense, to the blue that is more calmed down, you know. So I, it, it's like a journey through every day. Mm -hmm. And it goes into different bits. And, of course, the the thing is you are running, running, running. Like you go from one thing to the other thing to the other thing to the other thing. But at the end of the day, you produce this rainbow. Mm -hmm. And that's what I focus about, right? Like I think... Um, it's bits of every color that it will produce something at the end. What I find interesting is actually um, uh, two different perspectives. A single father who is talking about salami. <laughs> you're talking about a rainbow. I could imagine that according to the day and how you feel and your levels of energy, it could be either or. It exactly. could be the salami where you feel like you're just being sliced up. And it could be the rainbow where you're seeing it from a more philosophical, and I would say... Um, uh, positive maybe point of view where you're seeing it as colors yeah. and, and something which is way more I would say harmonized whereas the salami to me feels also way more like divided and, and black and white yeah, uh, whereas and the, the rainbow metaphor feels to me more like what you're saying it's more of an exploring and having all those I would say gradations of a palette of emotions a palette of yeah. moods a palette of different things happening and it's just about going into them and, and experiencing those, those moments. I think for me the difference or why I don't completely identify with the salami thing is I don't, I don't think we divide. I think we just have different roles. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a woman's perspective versus a male's perspective that I... maybe they want just I don't know, they feel like they if they focus on something, they do it 100%, they, they are doing it great. But I think for us women, maybe, we have not, we have grown up doing different roles since and feeling well about, feeling good about it. I was going I mean? to mention maybe. exactly that, that maybe, mm. it, could it be that what they always, what we always hear, that we're good at multitasking, yes, whereas exactly. a, a man or a from a male perspective, it's more like one thing at a time, one yeah. after the other. Yeah. On the other hand, I was just thinking of my previous conversation with my friend Stacy and um, what she mentioned about feeling scattered at some times, or also what she was saying that she was looking for Stacy again, which brings me mm. to the point of um, our priorities. And do we sometimes do the right priorities if we're losing ourselves along the road or tend to put everybody else before us. 
Yeah, I think it's, I think it, for me, it's part of the multitasking thing is like to provide yourself with a little bit of time or little breaks. For me, it's not much about time anymore. I don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just more like what I can squeeze in the middle of what I'm doing mm-hmm. to give me something that gives me energy or that gives me focusing. And of course, there are days like following the metaphor of the rainbow. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't see the rainbow. You see the dark, the dark heavy, <laughs> heavy clouds <laughs> that are just pouring water and mm-hmm. it's just bloom and it's gray. Mm-hmm. And after that, will the, the rainbow will come. But some days there is no rainbow. Some True. days it's just that dark. Just plain dark and gray. Yes, yeah, just, just and gray. And overcast. <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, you have to go through, the, through those days. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. But... Is how you feel when you are, you know, doing the grieving process, for example, for us with the loss. The separation. With the separation has been, that was the hard part, the very hard part for me to juggle my own feelings while you have to keep up for your son, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to keep smiling and feeling and trying to, to be good in front of him. But then at night I crash. I crash. I, I was just wondering, there's two things. Um, First of all, I'd like to have your your opinion on on, on or your feedback on actually what a, a friend of mine, children's psychologist, once said to me in Belgium at a point of overwhelm and where I felt I was just losing myself and I was searching mm. for Tanya at that pit stage, where she said, um, think of an airplane when there is a problem, they always tell you first to put the oxygen mask on yourself yes. and then the other. And she always told yes. me, do as, as much as it may sound as a contradiction in your parenting or whatever it is, first think about your own oxygen mask before you put it on your children or anyone else. Because if you're not doing fine, the whole they thing cannot. will crash. Yes. And so I would like to hear, is it a right advice? Uh, absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. Absolutely right. The way I think that is the way to go. I, you cannot uh, try for them to do everything for them if you are not doing yourself. Doing yes. it yourself. Because it's also a matter of example, mm-hmm. right? You cannot say, uh, you cannot, I don't like the word sacrifice mm-hmm. because it means you're not taking care of you. You are not, um, yeah, you're not taking care of you to, to do good or to, to help others. For me, what I do to help myself, the problem is that because you don't have that much time, at night when I'm relaxed, when mm-hmm. everything is fine, when my... A little one is sleeping and there is no more pressure. There is no more phone calls. There is nothing else to do. I finish my work. Then I have the me time that I need. Only problem is that it takes a little bit on the sleeping time. I was going to say it's yeah. a moment of quiet and silence. Yeah. But of course, it's also the end of the day when you're mostly tired. Yes. But you know what? Because of this oxygen mask, I have prioritized to feel good. Otherwise, it's just very sad for me to work care, do, and then go to sleep. Exactly. It would be like it's a like, treadmill, uh-huh. just a treadmill, yes. and you yes. don't have those quality moments. I so refuse to do vital that. and I essential to, to have that. them. Yes. Another thing I wanted to ask you in regards to what you just mentioned um, is about the grief. Um, mm. I was just wondering <laughs> if grief, trying to keep up and trying to be happy or doing your best for your child, is it really always possible. I remember I lost my dad very shortly after the birth of my second daughter and I was trying just to be strong and keeping it up. And I was again told, 
don't do that. Exactly that. Just share when you're feeling sad. Yeah. Share when you're feeling when you're, you're grieving. And um, I was just wondering, is it something you discuss still, that loss? Or is it something that happens or comes in waves, just like grieving a loss of a parent? Or is it the same way? I think If I can ask, I think, or is that grieving different? I think everyone grieves different. Yeah. yeah. Some people, they grieve uh, just by expressing their emotions and talking out. Mm -hmm. Some of them, they need to do something, exercise or art or something, I don't know, like that. For me, it was about talking, and in order to not let the grieving come and, you know, invade areas that I needed to be focusing in, like mm -hmm. the work or the time with my son, I, for me, what it worked is to have therapy. Yes. So I will have a space to go and cry. So I will just go to therapy to cry. Yes. Oh, and I... then I didn't have to cry anymore in I... any other spaces, or they wouldn't come without notice, you know, because yes. when you repress that, it will come out even in uh, not wanting cries or illness or something, because yeah. it's this very big emotion inside that is repressed. So when you let it out in the way that you need, in the way that it helps, mm -hmm. then it's better. I was going to say as well, thinking of grief, that of course, um, there's only certain parts which you can probably grieve together. Thinking of the loss of my father, I did the same thing. I went to a therapist specifically for grieving yeah. the loss of a, uh, of a dead one because I felt as well that as an adult, there were many things I couldn't share with my, my daughters. They were just too little and too young. So there was only just that one part that we could share, but there was another part which I had to do on my own and where I also felt like you. I called it my little Pandora's box where I could go, <laughs> let it out, close the box again, and then I could go home. Yeah, so I had this therapy mm. and I also had a little, not so many, a few friends that I can count on to talk yes, about and then to just, and, and that they were very... Not judgmental, just there for listening to me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to say, I just want you, can you just listen to me? I don't need advice. I don't need anything. I just anything. need to let it out. I just need to let this <laughs> out. Because this is a problem sometimes when we go with a friend and we tell a problem. I think people in general feel compelled to try to help you. Or to fix it. Or to try to fix it. And that sometimes puts press pressure on you. Yes. And you, just, exactly. you don't need this pressure when you are in this problem, right? So with these few people, I say, can I just, can I just have your ear? Can can I just, totally. you know, can have your be... shoulder to cry on and to just let these things out? And I promise I will be better. I just need this. And they, they were there for me. So that was, I was very lucky. So on this note, we will have just a very short break now with Veracruz by Augustine Lara. Si. Yes. My favorite song ever. <laughs> Nací con la luna de plata Y nací con alma de pirata He nacido rumbero y jarocho Trovador de veras Y me fui Lejos de Veracruz, Veracruz, 
rinconcito donde hacen su nido las olas del mar. Veracruz, pedacito de patria que sabe sufrir y cantar. Veracruz, son noches, diluvio de estrellas, palmera y mujer, Veracruz, vibra en mi ser, algún día hasta tus playas lejanas tendré que volver. perspective on balancing the responsibilities as a parent and your personal dreams and ambitions. Do you have the feeling that as a society we have different standards and expectations depending if we're a man or a woman? And what about our own expectations and standards as parents? <laughs> what do you think? Oh wow, that's so many things to talk about that, right? So the first one will the be... The first one is about society and yes. our environment if they have different standards or expectations on us as parents depending if we're a man I do think or I a do woman. think it is. I and it, now I can tell by my own experience, but before that I noticed this that people expect more of a woman regarding the parenting mm -hmm. feelings and activities and to put away your own feelings and your own life and your own because of the sake of your kids. They don't expect the same about men. They they even are like very understanding, oh he he's a man. So, mm. oh, but he's not, for example, if uh, a general case, no, the man doesn't want to take care of the kids. Is that, well, it's a man, it's natural because they yes. don't have that instinct. It's like we are uh, biological programmed, which we are not. Is this a cultural I thing? I was going to say <laughs> as well, this biological programmed, one of the things I found, uh, I experienced, and I don't know if it's just me, and I'm just daring to voice it out loud to you, is I felt as the moment you fall pregnant, people think, oh, you're a mom. And I just thought, I'm still learning to be a mom. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm now 15 years into it, almost 16, and I still feel I'm learning. And Absolutely. there was not a single manual or a single thing which actually was telling me how to be a parent. Yeah. And but I also think, as a father, or as another pa the other parent, just parent in general, there is no manual really. I yeah, think you just it. learn as you go. There is nothing really preparing you for it, and especially what you're saying, the biological element, because we're women, it's 
expected or people think, oh, it comes naturally. Well, definitely not in my case. <laughs> I don't know about you, but yes. Well, it, um, for me, it was a beautiful experience. I have to say, I enjoyed mm -hmm. my pregnancy like mm -hmm. I, I, I like anything. I mean, I was so... Uh, but for me, you know, my pregnancy was a miracle because I had doctors back in Mexico say that it will be very difficult for me to get pregnant, that it was yes. almost not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So when it happened and it was kind of so easy, like it, it was not a, it was nothing uh, difficult about it. You know, mm -hmm. like I, we were not trying for years and things like that. So it we came just, as I just got pregnant think. and it was a miracle and I enjoyed it so, so, so much. I was again. so proud, you know, I was with my big tummy in the streets and just like, you look at me, I look so gorgeous <laughs> with my big tummy. Oh, I, <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed that. But I have now one more question, actually, and it's about the good enough parent, which was developed by the psychologist Bruno Bettelheim, which he further developed um, from, you know, Donald Winnicott, the good enough mother. Do you think that uh, good enough as a parent is actually enough? Yeah. Do you think we can settle for that? Or? Yeah, well, the theory is very interesting because it says like you cannot expect or you cannot put yourself to be like this perfect and provide for your son everything that uh, mm. that the kid needs because we are just parents. We are not mm. the uh, not classmates. Perfect. We are not the friends. We are not the siblings. We, mm. you know, we are just the parents. And uh, I actually, I apply that with my little son, which is difficult because he's an only son. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have siblings to distract himself or entertain himself. And so he always, and now, now he's not uh, the father in the house either. So it's mm. just me and him. Yes. So of course he looks at me for everything, like to entertain, to everything. So my strategy it's is like... It's a lot like, of weight on your shoulders. It is a lot. And he says like, for example, I'm, I'm bored. Can you play with me? I say, oh, are you bored? Yeah. Well, can you help me to clean? Oh, no, no, I'm not bored anymore. Thank you. And then he goes to play and he finds something to do by himself. Yeah. But still, I do. I choose every day at least half an hour to play with him. Yes. Something that he really wants to play. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. because for me, it's just to tell him we will have our time. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, has a school, has uh, I take him to after school activities, sports every day, and then we share uh, some uh, TV time together, mm -hmm. which is together so I can check what he's watching or we watch programs that I select so they're, you know, like yeah. more, uh, not educational, but <laughs> not uh, violent or things like that. So, yeah, that's, that's the rainbow thing, like a little bit of something every mm -hmm. day. Uh, yeah. But not everything. We cannot, we, we have to be Of course enough. we can't. There's only as many hours a day. Yep. Thank you so much, Rosie, for <laughs> your contribution today. So this is Tanya for Fail Better. Thank you for listening. And we'll end the show with Je ne regarde rien de Edith Piaf. <laughs> I also you. wanted to say that I thought it was very, very interesting, your idea of the rainbow. And I wish everybody else lots of rainbows in the coming days and months to come. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya. Payé 
Mes chagrins, mes plaisirs Je n'ai plus besoin de Balayer les amours Avec leur trémolo Balayer pour toujours Je repars à zéro bien qu'on m'a fait ni le mal tout ça m'est bien égal non rien de rien non je ne regrette rien car ma vie Ça commence 